Welcome to Dear Runner Bod, the pod dedicated to helping you embrace your runner's body. I'm Serena Marie RD, a registered dietitian and body image coach who wants you to stop dieting and start fueling the athlete within. While I am a medical professional, the information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure. Now, let's start rewriting your body's story. I am so excited about this week's review of the week. Review of the week is your chance to win a completely free masterclass created by me. And all you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. If you leave a review and you hear your review read on the pod, then you can DM me at Serena Marie RD, or you can send me an email, Serena at Serena Marie RD.com and claim your free masterclass. Not only are you going to win a prize, but you're also helping Apple Podcasts boost the number of people who actually see Dear Runner Bod and download it and listen to it. So essentially, you're helping to spread the word that all bodies are runner bodies if you run, which is a pretty cool thing to do if you ask me. This week's winner is Runner Girl Jay-Z. By the way, I love that handle. Uh, Runner Girl Jay-Z said, great and inspiring listen. As somebody who has struggled with body image and distorted eating most of her life, I have found Serena's podcast to be supportive, comforting, and inspiring. I have always considered myself a runner and just ran my first marathon. It wasn't until hearing Serena's podcast that I realized I have not been properly fueling and respecting my body for the athlete as it is. I look forward to listening to future episodes. Congratulations, Runner Girl Jay-Z, on your first marathon. I'm so proud of you, and I'm so happy you had that aha moment that, yeah, girl, you're a runner. You need to feel like one. Thanks for listening. I am so excited for today's interview. We are going to be talking to Tanya Brooks, who is a Canadian military wife and a mother of two, who turned her passion of running and fitness into her career. She has been helping moms-to-be and new moms navigate their pregnancy and postpartum athleticism chapters. She has teamed up with a pelvic floor physio in Alberta, Canada, and together they have created a six-week inner core retraining mommy muscles program. And they have been helping moms from all over Canada to Australia heal their postpartum cores and pelvic floors so that they can get back to running stronger than ever without any setbacks and regression due to pelvic floor symptoms and injury. Progression over regression. I can't wait for you to dive into today's chat. I learned so much from Tanya, so many things I had no idea about, including the connection between stress and your pelvic floor health. It was so interesting, and I'm so excited for you to tune in today. Welcome to another episode of Dear Runner Bod. I am so excited because today our guest, Tanya Brooks, is going to be talking all about pregnancy, postpartum health, pelvic floor, all these things that I hear a lot about on the internet, but I have not yet experienced any of it or really don't know a whole lot about it at all. So Tanya, thank you so much for being a guest today. Well, thank you, Serena, for having me. I'm really excited. I'm excited too. 
So let's dive right into like, what is the pelvic floor? I feel like this is, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like it's become a hot topic recently and I'm hearing about it like on all these different fitness influencer accounts, but I'm not quite sure I understand like what it is. Okay. So to make it easy to remember is pelvic floor is the bottom of our core. So the pelvic floor is like a little visual it visualize it as like a sling like a hammock that is kind of it's supporting all our organs such as our rectum and our bladder and uh yeah it's it's a it's like a muscle that is just supporting and it's the bottom of our core okay yeah and it does amazing things Yeah. So, so it's a muscle. So is like, so how does like pregnancy and postpartum kind of affect, like, is it the integrity or does it just become weaker during pregnancy? Like how does that kind of affect, um, how the pelvic floor functions? It's a good question. The pelvic floor. So, um, during pregnancy, it's especially the first few months of pregnancy, it's not really affected too much, but the more further along during pregnancy, the more pressure the baby is putting on it. And that can cause, so that muscle that's like a little sling, well, it's nice and taut at first, but er, later on in the pregnancy, it will start to get, because more pressure is put on it, it's kind of like a, tr- um, it loses the elasticity. And then it kind of has that little bit of a looser look to it, hanging a little bit. And uh, then if you're a very active person and so say you are running lots during your pregnancy or doing activity and that is going to cause more pressure on that pelvic floor. So that's where we got to be a little bit careful. But um, so everyone's pelvic floor, it's going to be tight at first, tight more than weak because we, the pelvic floor can sense like our emotions. So a lot of women are very stressed. So what happens to the pelvic floor is becomes very tight. And so the majority of pelvic floors are on the tighter side, but it can also be weak as well. So it can be weak because of all the pressure that is put on it. And it, the lack of support and strength around the pelvic floor, such as in our hips and in adductors. And so then our pelvic floor just needs that extra support. So um, pelvic floor can be weak and and um, tight and overactive. So that is where it gets tricky with helping pregnant and postpartum women. Yeah, that is really, really tricky. I, I didn't really even realize <laughs> this is so silly, but like I said, I'm I'm really like brand new to this whole field or um so so even if you have never had pregnancy um, or been pregnant your pelvic floor can be weak and it sounds like that could just be a result of being really stressed yeah so yeah if you're not even pregnant then it could you may have an overactive pelvic floor and underactive everyone's so different so it just all depends on what like if you're a high anxiety person it may be tighter how you hold your body. If you're one that always like grips your butt, tuck it under when you stand and sit, then that could also make it tight. Um, But then it could be weak if you are like, say you don't strengthen your hips enough or it's, yeah, mostly, yeah, then it's going to be weaker. Um, 
but yeah, it's tighter. Yeah. It could just all depend on the person. I'm like never like cease to be amazed with how many ways stress can negatively affect the body. Like I'm just sitting here and I'm like, wow, like who knew (laughs) that even my (laughs) pelvic floor is affected by my, you know, anxiety that I live with. That is just so, so interesting. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. I've been mind blown learning about it. It's a whole other world. It it really is. Okay. So we all have a pelvic floor, whether you have been pregnant before or not, it is something that we kind of want to be thinking about, aware of, because it sounds like it's in a really important part of, of being an athlete. Like, is it going to, if you have a weak pelvic floor, I guess, um, okay, well, let, let, hold on. So if you have a tight pelvic floor or a weak pelvic floor, I'm assuming either one is a situation that could cause some kind of negative side effect to the body. Is that correct? Yes, because the goal of pelvic floor health is to have a good tone of your pelvic floor. So we don't want we want it to be able to have a little bit of strength, but also have a little bit of give to it, so it can support us through our activities. And what kind of side effects will we have if our pelvic floor doesn't have a good tone? So side effects include leakage, leakage such as incontinence, uh, urinary or um, like bowel. Um, Also, and that could be also incontinence includes stress or urge incontinence. So stress includes like high impact activities, or like uh, coughing, sneezing. And then urine or urge incontinence includes like, you can't hold your pee in anymore, like you have to go kind of thing. Um, And then we have yeah, prolapse. Prolapse is another symptom. So that is comes in four different grades of prolapse. Um, the fourth being the worst where your, um, your uterus and bladder can actually come out of your vagina. Um, this is very normal, um, but it's just not talked about enough. And yeah, it's that's one that's another symptom. So leaking and it, leakage and prolapse are symptoms. And are all these things something that, not that it's simple, but I know mm-hmm. you created the inner core retraining mommy muscles program, um, you and a physio. And so is this the kind like prolapse leakage? Is it as, as simple as just knowing how to exercise and train your body is how we kind of reverse these symptoms or does it ever need like surgical repair? Um, good question. Um, surgery, that's kind of been like in the last cup, I think in the past, that was like number one way to fix it. But now that there's so much more information out there and it's being studied so much, we like pelvic floor physios, that's going to be the last thing they want you to do to help it. The first thing is I highly suggest is as a, um, pregnancy and postpartum corrective exercise specialist, I, highly recommend clients to go see a pelvic floor physio for an internal assessment first, if you have these symptoms, and then they can um, have an internal assessment and really assess like what's going on with your pelvic floor. Is there like scar tissue in there? Um, Is your bladder, are you still in the birthing pattern? Like they can check all that out um, and then work out whatever they need to. Uh, that would be number one. And then if they, they will take you through exercises to do. So like if you're overactive, if you have an overactive pelvic floor, then the first thing 
they're going to want you to do. And how I help my clients is to calm your system down. So like I mentioned, a lot of people that have overactive pelvic floors are just very high stress, high anxiety people. So we need to calm your system down before we do any kind of strengthening to your pelvic floor. So we hold off on the Kegels because first we want to get good length and relax your pelvic floor before we do any kind of contraction. And then if you um, have been assessed with a weakened pelvic floor, then um, we, with the pelvic floor physio or I, the um, fitness professional, will start with uh, Kegels, but not just pelvic floor contractions, also a lot of strengthening of the glutes and the muscles that surround the pelvic floor. So we have hip flexors, we have the gluteus medius, maximus, and adductors. The adductors are like the anchor to the core and pelvic floor. These muscles are all very important to strengthen the pelvic floor. Wow. I just, I think <laughs> I'm like stuck on the whole like stress affects your pelvic floor thing. Yeah. I just think this is so cool. So, so you have to calm your system down before you can kind of start this repair process for those with an overactive pelvic floor. What does that look like? Is it like breathing exercises? Like how do you calm your system down? Yes. Breathing exercises, breathing is the foundation of our core. And the, so First, I'll just kind of do a little bit anatomy of the core so you kind of understand how the pelvic floor is the bottom of it. So just think of a balloon or a pop can, and the top of the pop can or balloon is your diaphragm. The muscles surrounding it is your deep transverse abdominals. And then the at the very bottom of the pop can or balloon, that is our pelvic floor. So the diaphragm and the pelvic floor are work together as a unit. So that's why it's so important that breathing can help the pelvic floor because it works in zinc with it. So yes, breathing would be the first step. Um, I like, and we want, because the diaphragm's up in our ribs, a lot of us, especially um, say postpartum women, the ribs get pushed up because of the babies. So the, our first job is to get our ribs down. And in order to do that, we need to work on thoracic rotation, and then along with breathing exercises to help expand our ribs laterally and in the back. So th 360 breathing or back body expansion breathing is the first step I like to give my clients to help with, um, with, with pelvic floor tightness and weakness. Okay. Wow. This is okay. So I just think it's so amazing how there's all these different areas of health, right? Um, yes. like you are a personal trainer, you specialize in postpartum and pelvic floor. I am a dietitian. <laughs> I'm specializing yeah. in like disordered eating. And I just think it's amazing that for both of us, we're spending so much time helping our clients come back to their breath yes. and how that is just so powerful because with both of these systems, they're they're so different in so many ways, but ultimately it just goes back to how stress is just like has such a true negative physiological effect on the body. Mm -hmm. And I think societally we think like, oh, like everyone's stressed, she's stressed, your neighbor's stressed, your mom is stressed, stress is just normal. And I just think we lose sight of the fact that like it actually has real detrimental effects to health. And I just I, I honestly had no idea we were gonna spend time today talking about how part of your practice is working on back body expansion breathing. I mean, I just yeah. like, I think this is so cool. 
Yeah, no, it really is. Like, I didn't even think that I would be um, trading my clients' breathing techniques. Like, that was never in my, <laughs> I didn't never, like, I never thought I would be training clients this way. And I've been doing this, like, for three years now. And I remember before I started um, working with the pelvic floor and just postpartum exercise and fitness, I had no time. There was no way I was going to spend time to breathing. Like there would be no way because it's just so slow and, and I'm just kind of like go hard, go home type of trainer. Um, so learning, taking the time to learn how breathing can help my clients and myself um, has made me a, like it turned my training 360. Like I'm a completely different trainer than I was three years ago. That's for sure. That's really cool. And I, I so relate to that mentality of like go hard or go home that yeah. you were describing. And I think it is just, well, like I'm wondering when you're working with clients, I'm just thinking of like a younger version of myself and like <laughs> meeting you and having somebody tell me, you know, you need to deep breathe to take care of your core. Yeah. And I just remember being younger and being like, I don't want to do yoga. It doesn't burn enough calories. Like I don't want to mm-hmm. waste time deep breathing. It doesn't burn enough calories. Like, like you were saying, like I either want to be like burning all the energy. Otherwise it's like a quote unquote waste of time. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. So like, how do you help? the patients that come and see you, the clients that come and see you, how do you help them like, quote unquote, buy into this and like understand that slowing down and breathing is actually just as important as doing the like, quote unquote, sexier, like muscle building, toning, like all that stuff that's kind of glamorized in the media? That's a great question because it hasn't been easy. That's for sure. It does. I I kind of start with athlete brain, try to really push um, how athlete brain is real. And the number one thing that is people struggle with, especially athletes, is ego. And so, and how, and what do, I ask my clients, what do you want your your athleticism to look like um, a year, 10 years from now? And do you want to have pain and symptoms in your pel- of your pelvic floor or and then you're progressing with your athleticism, but then you're constantly regressing because of symptoms and our pain and injuries. Or do you just want to take the time right now, just dial back right now, you're still kind of recovery mode, and let's just, you know, spend six weeks on this breathing, this low-intensity boring stuff, so then you can progress, just continue to progress, for you know, from now on. And I think that really helps um, – clients to like, okay, let's do this. Like that really helps buy clients in because they, they know the importance of like, okay, my lifelong health and athleticism, like I want it to look like that. I don't want to be dealing with issues. And I'm a great um, example for a lot of clients because um, I had a VBAC. So I had a, a cesarean birth, um, my first, and then I had vaginal the second. I had the diastasis recti. I had the pelvic floor symptoms. And I'm an athlete and I play, I'm a runner, marathon runner, but I'm also um, like I play hockey and I enjoy spin classes. Like I kind of have my toes in everything. And uh, so when people look at me and they can relate to me, then they're like, wow, okay. And then I can even say like, I took the time, like at first I didn't, and this is what happened to me. 
But then when I did take the time to work on my foundation and rebuilding my inner core and focusing on my core and pelvic floor, now look where I am, right? So I find like that is, I just help buy people in with my own story. Yeah, that's real. I love that we're just kind of calling out the athlete brain, as you called it, and addressing the ego and addressing how the ego is going to try and stand in your way. Um, And then inspiring people with your own story. So, so what I'm hearing is like, at first you were rushing through the breathing, the breathing exercises and not paying attention to your pelvic floor. And that was kind of what created the diastasis recti and the issues you were having with your own, with, with prolapse and pelvic floor. Yes, exactly. I just jumped into it. Um, after my second, I just jumped into exercise. Like once I got that green light from my six week checkup, they said, yeah, good to go. You can back to exercise. So that's what I did. I just jumped right back in. I had no kind of guidance because all I heard out there was just continue doing what you've always done. So that's what I did. I uh, picked up the weights again. I went for a run and uh, then I realized like, okay, not right away did I have issues, but over time, around three years is when I started to really see issues with my core, um, having a hernia and then really my diastasis. And that's why I had the hernia. And then, okay, now I'm leaking and I have pelvic pain. That all took some time in the front, like, yeah, around two to three years until it affected me enough where I'm like, okay, I got to like deal with this and figure it out. Dang, that is just so, uh, it's so eye-opening, right? Because you got the go-ahead from your doctor. And I've actually, again, I, I have never had a child, so I'm not really in this space, but just from having friends who have had babies, um, yeah. I've heard that this six-week appointment, you kind of like, you know, they, you know, clap their hands, or like, okay, good job, you're done, see you mm-hmm. later. And um, it seems like everyone's journey doesn't necessarily conclude at six weeks, like recovery can take longer than that. And that there's actually more to assess than whatever's going on at that six week appointment. So like, I guess if somebody's listening to this and she's pregnant or she's postpartum, like, what do you recommend? How can we empower women at that six week appointment to like really dig deep and like figure out what's going on before they, they start exercising again? Is it just like, kind of like, if possible, trying to go to that pelvic floor specialist and getting that internal assessment, like you had said earlier? Mm-hmm. Yes, that is the number one step I would take. Um, I went because I started telling my clients to go. So I'm like, well, I better go too. And it was my like, it was amazing, that assessment. And I learned so much about my own pelvic floor, like three years postpartum, and I was still in the birthing pattern. So that internal um, assessment that physio was able to um, put that back for me. Um, so like the bladder it back in its normal position, like it's amazing. And then um, they also deal with like um, just emotional stuff. Like I ended up crying on the table and that helped my pelvic floor. Like it's just amazing. So that would be my number one step is at once you get the clearance from your postpartum checkup at six weeks, then make an appointment to see a pelvic floor physio to get the internal work looked at. Like, then they can see what it like, is there scar tissue that needs to be worked? Like, what is going on down there? Because they don't tell you enough at your six-week checkup. And then if things are good, then, um, then like, then you can start exercise. But 
first I would start with the breathing, build that foundation of your core with um, breathing, connecting to your core and pelvic floor, and then gradually with smart progression, then we get back into exercise. So what that can look like is for strength, um, you know, don't go right to the floor and do try to do a plank and push up because you're just going to, after you try that, you're just going to feel bad about yourself because you're going to feel that it's much harder and then you're like, how come I wasn't able to do it? I used to do it before pregnancy. But you have to remember, your body has changed so much, like in the last year, right? Nine months pregnant and then delivery, that was traumatic, like it's traumatic to the core and pelvic floor. So we have to re- consider that. And how much sleep are you getting? Like there's stuff we got to consider. How much, How long did you push for? Did you have any tearing? Like these are things we got to look at before you kind of like this is what I ask my clients before I program for them and is your pelvic floor tight or weak like that's a huge that question is so important so then we can see that tells me where can we start with your training so like I mentioned before do we need to really calm your system down before we start um, exercising or should we start with more strengthening of um, like kegels and of our pelvic floor and more glutes um but yeah, start there and then and then we can progress. So like, again, with the plank and push-ups, don't start on the floor, start on the wall, right? And then maybe down to a table and a chair. And then eventually you'll be strong enough and then you can do them on the floor. But just smart progression. Um, don't just try to go into CrossFit and try to be, you know, doing burpees and box jumps and uh, squat and press cleans and stuff right off the bat. That your body's not ready for that. Remember, meet your body where it's at. So I find that very important. And I th- I think that helps a lot of people um, postpartum get back to exercise is meet your body where it's at. I love and, that um, phrase. Meet yeah, your body my where it's at. Yeah. Yeah, it's like so gentle and I think it just acknowledges that every human is different and just because your next door neighbor was, you know, back at it like eight weeks postpartum doesn't mean that's necessarily, first of all, the healthy thing to do. But second of all, um, what your body will be capable of doing. If somebody visits your Instagram, do you have like um, like tutorials or videos that people could watch to kind of learn a little bit more about what it looks like to like modify movement or to do some of these breathing exercises? Like, or do you take like virtual consultations? Um, yes, my Instagram, I do have videos that shows like, how do I breathe normally? Like inhaling through your nose, exhaling, exhaling out your mouth, um, focusing on that back body expansion, breathing, um, proper progression of certain exercises, squats, deadlifts, um, planks, and so on. And and then I have um, my mummy muscle um, assessment that I clients can visit my page, and then they just um, yeah from there they can just like fill out a sheet to see like where what your pelvic floor is doing. Like what are do you have any symptoms? How's your core? Um, is it like, do you have symptoms, pain? And then from there, you can kind of figure out like, do I need to work on inner core training or am I good? Like it kind of helps you um, just navigate the start of your postpartum exercise journey. That's really cool. That's like a really cool resource. Okay. I am loving this. So we're realizing that 
stress is real, that the pregnant, the stress of pregnancy, the stress of delivery, the stress of everyday life, it has a real true physiological effect on our body. And it's going to actually impact the way we train and the way we progress training and the way we jump back into training, um, you know, especially after pregnancy and after, after babies delivered. So Tanya, I want to hear, you know, as an expert working in the postpartum world, how do you feel about you know, bounce back culture or get your pre-baby body back culture? Like, is it, is it real? Is it healthy? I think I know what you're <laughs> going to say, but I'm just interested to yeah. get your two cents. Yeah, no, you're, yeah, no, we, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> I'm shocked. Because uh, I was, I was sucked into that for so long. And that is kind of what set me up to get, I well, that kind of like put me on the wrong path of my fit of my postpartum journey. And that's kind of, I, at first I regretted it because I was like, Oh, I was so worried about like being the fit. How fast can I get back to running postpartum? And Oh, look at that girl in the gym. Look at all the pull-ups she's doing with her big pregnant belly. Like I wanted to at first be like the fit pregnant trainer, like that fit pregnant athlete. Like that's what I had in my head. And like as soon as I pushed my babies, I was like, okay, when can I, let's run. And like, that's cool if I can run really like as soon as my baby comes out and, oh, I can look this ripped right after I have my babies. Like that's where my headset, my mindset was. And, um, no, I can, if I could go back, I would do it completely different. Um, so yes, I think the bounce back culture is just not cool. Um, it should be, it's not, uh, realistic. It just isn't. And it just forces people to think like, you should be proud of your, your pregnant body and your postpartum body. And you should like, just enjoy being postpartum. And like, it's only a short chapter in your whole life. Like, I just really think women should just really embrace it more. And who cares if your belly's not flat, like six weeks postpartum, you just had a baby, like it went through so much change. Like, and so even now, like I have so much more empathy for postpartum uh, moms and just moms in general, women, right? Like our bodies are amazing and we're, we get sucked into this. It has to look this way and you have to do this right away. And so no, you don't. Like you really don't. You're on your own journey. Every body is different. Remember that. So even though you may see your neighbor out running six weeks postpartum with her running stroller, who knows? Maybe she is. Maybe she has incontinence issues. Maybe she's running with pain. You don't know her story. So just stay on your own postpartum path. That's yeah, my advice. Even, <laughs> even your story, like I think, was really inspiring in that like you were persevering for two, two, three years and then it ended up biting you in the butt. And it's like, you know, I think it really goes back to what you said before, which was so wise of like your athlete brain, right? Like mm -hmm. uh, that ego of saying like, I want to be the ripped mom. I want to be the, the mom with the one-year-old who's training for Boston or training for a marathon and realizing like, it's okay to have those goals. Um, but also at the same time, you know, 
athletes come in all different shapes and size bodies. Like athletes don't have to have a flat belly. Athletes can focus on breathing and restoring and healing before they dive into the really intense training because they prioritize their health over the aesthetics. And, you know, I think that kind of comes back to to like my role as with body image counseling here, where if your if your athlete brain, if your ego is so loud that it's not allowing you to just exist and enjoy that postpartum journey or to believe that athletes' bodies can come in all different shapes and sizes, that's where we really want to start diving into some of that, like that inner work. Um And, you know, it comes full circle, right? Because as we start to quiet that (laughs) ego and talk back to that athlete brain, it reduces stress in the body, which apparently makes your pelvic floor healthier. I'm just like, my my whole like world is rocked right now. I think this is the coolest discovery. Yeah, no, it is. It's really amazing. And, and that's just so true, Serena. That's just what you said. Um, It all comes back to how we are, how we talk to our bodies, um, and postpartum is a huge thing. And, um, our pelvic floor is like I mentioned earlier, is that they sense that any stress. And so just, you know, just dealing with it, just focusing on where your body is right now is the best thing for it. And think about building a foundation for all the stress you're going to place on your body. So that's what really like, that's another way I like to help buying clients is, let's build a foundation. We can't, you can't build a house on crack foundation and expect to have no problems down the road. If, and your body's the same, we need to build a nice, strong foundation. So it can, we can place all that high demand and high impact and intensity down the road and have hopefully no issues. That's the goal. So um, yeah, it's all about building your foundation, taking the time to build it at the start. So then you have no issues down the road. I am 100% stealing the foundation analogy. You will be (laughs) hearing me using it on Instagram. That is genius. I like love that so much. That is so good. Um, Okay, Tanya. So before we have you share how to find you, all the ways people can get in touch with you, because I'm sure they have lots of questions and want to learn a lot more about the Retraining Mommy Muscles program. Mm -hmm. Um, I ask every person who comes on this pod to tell me why you love your body. Uh, good question. I love my body because the key, like, it can do amazing things. Things it, I never thought it could do, and I it can do it. And it just keeps surprising me all the time. That's why I love it. It just keeps surprising me. Really cool. Really, really cool. I love that. Awesome. Okay, Tanya. So I will have all the links that you shared with me to share in the podcast notes, but let people know um, how they can follow you or work with you. Sure. Um, they can contact me through Instagram at Core Endurance, and that is my main page. That's where I am most of the time, or on Facebook at Core Endurance. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. I learned so much. Thank you so much, Serena, for having me. This was a blast. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Dear RunnerBot. If you enjoyed what you heard, remember to subscribe and make sure you share today's episode. Also, if you're looking to download a free three-step guide to love your runner's bod, then head to serenamarierd.com. 
Can't wait to chat with you next week.